I have a privileged position in my family in that I'm an uncle, which means I get to spoil my nieces and nephews, get them all hyped up, fill them with sugar, and then I get to walk away. So it's great. I get, all, I get to see all the fun parts of parenting. I don't have to do the nappy changes. I don't have to do the night supervision. I don't have to do any of that. I get all the fun stuff. And, and it's great. I think it's, it's similar for, for, for grandparents. You know, when, when they get to that stage now, their children have grown up and then they're having their own children. Now the grandparents can come over and they can again uh, almost go back in time <clears throat> 40 years to when they were parents themselves. But again, just be present for the fun things. And it's great to be able to, <coughs> excuse me, it's great to be able to give gifts to family members and give gifts to, to children and see the reaction, you know, see the joy, see the excitement, see all of that. Uh, so often, in, I remember we, um, it's a good couple of years ago now, uh, my nieces and, there was probably only nieces at the time, uh, they had all sorts of toys up in, up in Dublin. Uh, they had all sorts of bikes and trampolines and dolls and dolls, houses and remote control, everything's. Uh, and they had all these, a huge selection of toys. But they got a new fridge. So a fridge, yay high like a proper, proper fridge, which came, of course, in the legendary box, right? A fridge box. This box was by far and away the best toy they had because you could use it as a fort, they used it as a slide, they used it as a battering ram, they used it as a windy house, they used it as a tea party house, they used it as everything. It was incredible. It was so much fun for them. But when we give gifts or when we receive gifts, the purpose of the gift isn't just the thing itself. We, we, we kind of implicitly know this, that when, when, you give, when you give a gift to someone, if they just take the gift and say, oh, that's amazing, and they run away and play with it for the rest of their lives, uh, but never actually thank you, never recognize it, never... Uh, somehow, it's like, it's like they've missed the point of the gift. The gift... So the point, like, for example, you give the gift of food, right? You take someone out to eat. Uh, it's nice to spend time together, but it's good to recognize that the gift isn't just about the thing given. It's what we're trying to communicate with it. You're trying to communicate affection. You're trying to communicate love. You're trying to communicate that you care. You're trying to communicate that you've thought about the person. You're trying to communicate some, some kind of a, a, a connection. It, it, it's a good thing. And in some way, then, you would hope that the reaction of the other person is, is, is recognition, gratitude, love, joy. So the gifts themselves aren't an end to themselves. And, and so it is with God and, and everything he gives us. So everything that God gives to us is a gift, right? I mean, our very lives, our bodies, our intelligence, uh, where we live, the food in our stomachs, everything. <clears throat> the country we live in, the security, the, 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 the fact that we have a relatively secure uh, country to live in. Uh, all of this, it's all gift. It's all gift. It's all a gift. But the purpose of those gifts, they're not an end to themselves. There's no point just as such, like if God were to give all of these things to us and then we lose our souls, then what's the point of that? So all these things are given to us so that we recognize the giver. So everything is supposed to actually draw us back to God. Everything. Everything that we are, everything that we see in others, everything that we have, everything is supposed to draw us back to God. Now, in today's reading from Genesis, we have 
it's, it's, it's a kind of a startling story. It's, it's a kind of an awkward one to explain, but we'll, we'll see what we can do today when it comes to the story of, of Abraham, Abraham and Isaac. Okay, so the difficulty I find with this story, right, is that God asks for this sacrifice. Okay, now this is, this is a bit that's hard to explain. I mean, if your average atheist did his homework and came across this verse, and they'd say, hang on now, God is asking for a human sacrifice. What kind of a God is this? So obviously there's a lot going on, so we have to delve a little, if you give me a little time today, uh, we have to delve a little into this for this to make sense. But it happened that God put Abraham to the test. Abraham, Abraham, he said. Here I am, replied Abraham. Now, listen to the words. Take your son, said God, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. Okay, so God knows what he's doing here. Now, incidentally, Abraham does have another son, (coughs) Ishmael. But this son through Sarah is the one through whom the, he will be blessed with, his, with, his, with, with the descendants as numerous as the grains of sand on the seashore. That comes through Isaac. So, so God knows what he's asking. He's saying, take your son, the son through whom I have made a promise. Right? The, the son through whom I have said you will be, you will be a blessing and, you, and your, the generations will continue after you. So take your son, your only son, whom you love, and make of him an offering to me. Now, from Abraham's perspective, this is, this is uh, like difficult. The word difficult comes nowhere near describing what this was for, for, for Abraham, because this was, this was everything. This wasn't just take an animal sacrifice, which, we, which he had done before. This was take your son, so a human being, and my son, whom I love, and uh, chances are I'm not really going to have any more, okay, because of my age and so on. Like, there were obstacles to having further children. Okay. And God has said that, that my, the, the generations will be blessed through me, and, and, and he's my heir. If I sacrifice him, what on, what, how is any of this possible? And why would God ask me to do this? So this, like, this is a, this is a, it's a startling question. It's a startling request. Okay, so a few more details. He chops the wood for the burnt offering and he starts on his journey to the place that God pointed out for him. So again, it's, it's, it's God asking for this. Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and he loaded it on Isaac. So he takes the wood. So these are logs. And they're mounted on Isaac. Now, <clears throat> some numerous biblical scholars have, have noted then that if the wood is loaded on Isaac, Isaac wasn't a child. Because, I mean, have you ever seen a, tri- a child trying to carry wood? I mean, they'll carry twigs and drop half them anyway. Uh, <clears throat> so loading enough wood for a sacrifice, a burnt offering of something sizable, uh, is actually quite a lot of wood. So... I think it's a fair observation that Isaac wasn't a child. Okay, he's at least a teenager, and Abraham is over 100. So, again, there's something in that. We'll see in a second. Father, says Isaac. Yes, my son, replies Abraham. 
Look, here is the fire, and here is the wood. But where is the lamb for the offering? Abraham answered, My son, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. And the two of them went on together. So what Abraham has said here is, 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 is actually prophetic. He doesn't realize it. God himself will provide. What is God asking of Abraham? God is asking Abraham to give him everything. To give him everything. God doesn't want Abraham to kill his son. He stops him. But God does want Abraham to give him everything. And then this is how Abraham becomes a blessing because now he is our father in faith. That he believes that even in the absence of my son, even in the death of my son, that God will still be able to realize his promises. I have no idea how that's possible. But if God says so, it will be so. If God says so, it will happen. God's promises will come true. Even if I don't know how. We meditated this earlier in the week as well. That it's okay for us to ask God for clarity, for clarity as to how, how his will, will will take place. Because we don't know. It's okay. It's okay to, to not understand God's will. Because that's going to happen to us very, very often. Because we don't see the full picture. So we can ask questions. And, and very often we won't understand. And that's, that's not the same as doubting. I just... That's just not knowing. But that's not a doubt. Abraham shows himself to be a phenomenal man of faith and trust in God's will. And so he goes as far as being willing to offer his son, which again, God didn't actually want and did stop before the moment. But the point was, are you willing to offer me everything? And Abraham was. Now, again, looking at these accounts I think we have to fast forward to ourselves. What does God ask of me? What does God want me to give? Well, to be honest, it's, it's the same. God wants me to give everything. Everything. And I think for parents, like, to be able to, to offer their children to God, it, it's a very beautiful thing. And it must be absolutely terrifying. Uh, because you, 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 you care for your kids so much, you, you, you nourish them, you protect them, you're choosing schools and warm clothes and paying for their college education probably and <clears throat> taking care of them in so many ways. But eventually, you have to let them go. You have to let them go. And especially if you know some of your, your children maybe are a little wayward, that can be absolutely terrifying. Then you fast forward a little to the, the, the latter stages of our lives where a lot of people we know will pass away. They will. I mean, our, our parents, generally speaking, will pass away before us. My aunt lives to be 100, and I said to her, it must be absolutely, my grandaunt, sorry, and uh, I said, it must be absolutely incredible to get to such an age. And she just looked at me and said, everyone I knew was dead. Like the world that she lived in, this whole technology age is completely unfamiliar to her. She said, "Everyone I knew was dead." You know, I, I, when after we, when those, you see some movies or ideas or stories about people wanting this elixir of long life or everlasting life. Who on earth would want to live forever? Who'd want to live here forever? My goodness, 
<laughs> sorry, I mean, it's a wonderful spot. I mean, I'm, I'm very happy here in Glencomera, but like, if you could live forever, but you're the only one living forever, that's actually awful. That's pretty sad. So, like, eventually, all that we have been given, we should give back as a gift to God. This, this call of, of, of Abraham is your call, it's my call. All that we have been given, to give it back. So our, our friends, our families, our children, to offer God everything, to place it all back in his hands. So he gives us, he gives us the gifts, and the gifts remind us of him, and we place everything back in his hands. And so then everything, everything draws us back to him. And then our health, when our health starts to fail, we place what's, what's left of our health back in the Lord's hands, and then even our illness draws us back to God. All draws us back to God. <coughs> all. <coughs> all is used for his greater glory. This, it's, this is such a, it's such a powerful story, but it's not a story for three and a half thousand years ago. This is, this is our calling. This is your and my story. God doesn't want us to, to offer bloody sacrifices. But he does want that we trust him enough to give him everything and to place everything back in his hands. Our families, our health, our lives, our friendships, all that we find beautiful, pleasurable and joy joyful, all that we find difficult, challenging and sorrowful, place everything back in his hands. And then we won't just read the story of Abraham, but we'll actually start to imitate the story of Abraham, which is far, far more important. That I imitate Abraham, our father, in faith by offering him everything and seeing how God will provide. And if we do this, then we, like Abraham, will be a blessing. We'll be a blessing to others because we will carry this light of faith We'll carry this joy, this hope, this grace that, that only comes from God and that the world sorely needs. So we ask the Lord today to help us to raise our hearts and minds to him. That all that we do today, all that we offer him, might glorify him and might draw others to know our Father. Amen. Amen.